I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning, and welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, lots going on in the world, obviously, so we've got plenty to get to. This is difficult. I am still trying to find my, kind of find my lane with doing two hours a week. So apologize. I'm going to bounce around a little bit. Got several different topics to get into. Uh, the march towards World War III and a new candidate has arrived on the scene for president of the United States. Seems to be kind of an interesting choice to me. An interesting, uh, an interesting entrant entrant to the race, so we'll take a look uh, at that as well. Uh, quotes of the day today. Let's go ahead and get into it. I love this one. This one fits me to a T. Uh, this is John Mark Green. John Mark Green said, When I was younger, not fitting in felt like a flaw. Now it feels like freedom. Uh, there's so many of these things that could actually be mottos. It's just it would make my intro so long, it would take me the first 10 minutes of my show uh, to use these that I feel really apply to me. When I was younger, not fitting in felt like a flaw. Now it feels like freedom. It is. You really have no idea until you escape the two-party system how freeing it is to not have to carry water for either one of them. And, and w- particularly when you... When you're able to release any love for any real politician, there's few that I admire, uh, but I'm ready for them to turn on me. And so I don't even have this thing in me where I'm watching to see what they do, and if they do something I don't like, that I have to somehow do some mental gymnastics to explain to somebody why it's actually a good thing. It feels like freedom. Uh, this one is a, a bit of a twofer. Well, let's see. And I had one other one here. I wanted to do this one. This was uh, somebody that tweeted this out. He goes by the handle, and he pops up in my feed a lot. I don't think I follow him, but I like him. He's under the handle of Iraq Veteran 8888. Uh, so this guy is an Iraqi veteran. I've looked up his bio before. He said, The sooner you realize that the two major political parties are largely just competing over a giant organized crime syndicate, the better off you will be. Uh, I love I love the awakening of a police officer. I love the awakening of a soldier. I love the awakening of a partisan. It's just beautiful things for me to see. And that's exactly what it is. It is two major political parties. It is the, uh, oh, what are two of the big New York crime families that fought for control? That's really what we're up against here. This is a bit of a twofer here. Uh, Dave Smith is a comedian. He's a libertarian, rumored to be the libertarian's nominee for president in 2024. Trust me, this country would be a lot better place with this guy as president. 
Am I under any illusions he's even got a shot at it? Absolutely not. But he would be very interesting. This is the guy you'd love to see on a debate stage with Joe Biden and whatever Republican ends up with the nomination, even Donald Trump. He's sharp. He's a comedian. He knows how to work a crowd. Uh, and he's he is the libertarian guy. Anyway, uh, he's going to quote, kind of relay a story from Scott Horton, who I've actually had on the show before. Scott Horton is an outspoken anti-war advocate and runs the Libertarian Institute. Uh, super sharp guy. He's got a lot of great books uh, about getting us out of wars, and, and he, he knows his stuff. You want to hear somebody talk about foreign policy that knows their stuff? Check out Scott Horton. Uh, anyway, uh, Dave Smith relays a story uh, from Scott Horton here uh, when it comes to taxation, and I just thought it was absolutely beautiful. This is a Scott Horton's analogy, not mine. Um, but uh, so shout out to the great Scott Horton. The great. Um, but uh, he always says this, which is just when you really think about just how insane the income tax and the IRS are, especially in a professed capitalist country. But he would go, imagine the Soviet Union invaded and conquered the United States of America. So we're a free country. And the Soviet Union invades and conquers us. We never had anything like the IRS before. And then they come in and they say, we are creating the USS IRS. Uh, it is now a crime to produce something. It's a crime to make money in this country. And the punishment for the crime is a fee. And the more you produce, the higher your fee goes. And we've repealed the Fifth Amendment. You no longer have a right to not incriminate yourself. You must incriminate yourself every single year to the government, who will then assess what this, what, how much you've produced, and therefore what your punishment should be, how high your fee is. And if you lie when you're incriminating yourself, we will throw you in jail. And if we feel that you, if we decide that you've miscalculated, we'll go back 20 years and just absolutely destroy you. Like if that was the case, it would be so obvious to all of us what happened. Bro. You went, oh. We were conquered, and now we live under totalitarianism. There was a like, period. That's yet we, our own government does it to us, and people are just kind of like, well, you this want is a government department. Uh, he was on Tim Pool. That was on the Tim Pool show. So if you want to hear something from Dave Smith, I think he's entertaining. He's sharp as a tack, and he's also uh, somebody that you can listen to and start to understand what the new, improved Libertarian Party is uh, all about, run by a group called the Mises Caucus followers of Ludwig von Mises. Uh, I don't know how much press this is getting in the United States. Not a lot that I've seen, but I profess I do not. I do not watch the mainstream news. Viva la France. I'll tell you what. You know, I, I share Scott Horton and Dave Smith's views on taxation in this country. If it, if it was nothing right now, and next week they rolled it out, people would be up in, up in arms. But now it's gotten so old because the greatest generation didn't raise, didn't raise hell when it came out, and it came out so small. It's, it's typical boiling frog type stuff. Uh, but the people of France, they've pretty much had it over there. And they are doing protesting right. I don't know if you've seen this. You know, in America, what we do is we protest each other. In other words, you do exactly what the powerful in this country want you to do. We, we've seen these things. And then the, you know, one side lines up against that protest, and another protest from the other side goes on, and the other side lines up against that protest, and we call each other names. Uh, the French are not doing that right now. Now, I don't know all the inner workings of French politics, but I get the vibe from everything I've seen, and I've done a bit of research into this, 
I really get the vibe that this is uh, pretty much across the spectrum. And they are not taking on each other. They are not fighting each other in the streets. They are taking on the government. And not only that are they going after the government, because there have been some fires and things like that in the street, but they're not burning down mom-and-pop shops. They actually went after, in this past week, BlackRock. That's right, the $10 trillion asset company that is running the Great Reset, the handmaiden of the World Economic Forum, the the promoters of ESG and everything uh, along the social justice for investment lines, BlackRock. Did you see them surrounding the BlackRock uh, headquarters? I read one report that they had taken the thing over. I don't know if that's the case, but... The French are not burning down their own small businesses like some of our class of protesters here. They are going after the oligarchs, a much more effective target. I would love to be over there to interview those people. My son speaks French. Maybe we should should take a trip. Uh, The French out there fighting for liberty. Uh, We came close. We came close years ago, if you remember Operation Wall Street and uh, the Tea Party. Both of them tried after the financial crisis when we bailed out the bankers, but they fell for the two-party shuffle. The Republicans went out and put their arms around the Tea Party, and we elected a bunch of people under the Tea Party banner, and what did they turn into? Regular old Republicans. And the Democrats went out to the Operation Wall Street guys, and they put their arms around them, and they brought them in and said, hey, you got some great ideas. We, We share your frustration. Come on back with us. And they disappeared back into the blob that is the Democratic Party. And so, you know, at least the January 6th people, I got into a conversation with somebody about this the other day, at least the January 6th people had the right target. They, they went in the right spot. Not that I'm encouraging that or, or telling anybody to do such a thing. You know, these days you got to be pretty careful what you say. I'm not encouraging these things. I'm just saying, if I see some protesters, I think the targets matter. And I don't mean that like an actual target, like BLM (laughs) destroyed, not a target store. I mean the people who are really responsible for uh, your oppression. It's a shame. It's a shame because we're going to see these kinds of protests like what are going on in France. We're going to see those in America here at some point. I don't know when. It'll take a long time. And... My prediction is, at some point, as hard as it is for people to believe right now, conservatives will be protesting along Democrats and maybe even some trans folks when the hammer comes down. So many of these petty differences that we have, and some of them not so petty. I understand. I understand. I'm not a, I'm not a totally a kumbaya guy. But when the hammer comes down and we find ourselves all in the same soup, uh, I bet you there's going to be some strange bedfellows out there in the streets, and it will be... It will be well-deserved. It, it's about time. I'd be curious. The, the French seem to be doing it right. might be worth paying attention to. When we come back, we are marching again, or still, however you want to categorize it, towards World War III. And some of the, some of the usual suspects are out there. I've got some clips and some quotes from them. Uh, oh, these people. France, can you come over here and take care of a few of our people? We need some help. Be right back. I was born. A shotgun in my hands Behind the gun I'll make my final stand 
I've got segments on this show. We got financial, we got foreign policy, and that's what we're going to focus in on here in the march towards World War III. Uh, during the past week, apparently there were some leaked Pentagon papers about Ukraine. You know, I started to look into them, but there were so many questions about whether or not this stuff was intentionally leaked, whether it was accurate, uh, whether this was a planned leak by the Pentagon. I'm telling you, there's definitely one thing. It is hard to know what to believe these days, and we are getting no good information on Ukraine. One day I see a headline that says, Zelensky is ready to concede Crimea. There are a lot of countries in the world right now trying to promote peace and do some diplomacy between Ukraine and Russia. It's just not us. It's not us. It's not England. Uh, even France is trying to do something about that disgusting thing, Macron. Uh, Europe is getting a little... They're, they're understanding that they are on the losing end of this thing while we boss them around. I think we're getting a little bit of pushback from Europe. So there's a lot of people out there trying to negotiate a peace. So I see a headline that Zelensky's ready to concede Crimea. And then the next day I see one that says a counteroffensive is coming. That they're amassing troops uh, for to retake Crimea from the Russians. We constantly hear that Russia is losing and then you see things that say the casualty numbers. Most recently that I saw, it was a 7 to 1 kill rate. For every one Russian that has been killed, seven Ukrainians have lost their lives. So there's almost nothing to really know about this. And I don't know if it's because in previous wars I was a real consumer of mass media and now I'm not. But it doesn't feel—do we have any boots-on-the-ground reporters out there on the front lines of this thing? Is there any transparency to this war whatsoever? I mean, we were, we were treated to what looked like video games during the Iraq invasions. I haven't seen a whole lot out of this, but again, that may just be me because I refuse to watch any mainstream news. Uh, Ron Paul. Ron Paul said on NATO in 2004, 2000, almost 20 years ago, Ron Paul said this, I believe, in an address to the House. He said, quote, we should not be wasting U.S. tax money and taking on more military obligations expanding NATO. The alliance is an anachronism. It should be disbanded. The sooner the better. Does no one worry that this continued provocation of Russia might have negative effects in the future? Is it necessary? And, of course, uh, we ignored that. And instead, we have gone full speed in the opposite direction to lead us into this mess, up to and including this past week when this happened. Overseas tonight, a major strategic setback for Vladimir Putin, Finland officially becoming the 31st member of NATO. Look at the map before Finland joined. This is Russia's shared border with NATO countries, and now with Finland. the shared Now, I, I don't watch. This is David Muir on uh, ABC News. I wonder if he showed the map of NATO, uh, let's say, in 1991. When we promised not one inch to the east, we weren't going to expand NATO any closer to Russia. That's what we said back in 1991. And then we violated that promise over and over and over again. Finland now shares a pretty long border with Russia. border doubling. Russia now has a 1,600-mile border backed by NATO forces, exactly what Putin did not want. Tonight, President Biden weighing in, saying NATO is more united than ever. Russia promising countermeasures now. So continuing to poke the bear. Uh, this is what they want. Uh, this is a will not serve the Finnish people. Um, I don't even really know what the, uh, what the uh, 
big attraction there is, but they're continuing to try to push this thing. If that's not enough, <laughs> that's not enough. And I assume the Russian war is still a thing. As I say, I don't see a whole lot in the news. If that's not enough, as I told you a couple of months ago, I felt that move towards China, whether it was TikTok or whether it was them saying that this was uh, the, uh, the COVID was a release from the Chinese lab. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of piling on of China. And I could really kind of feel that pivot, that move from demonizing Russia, and suddenly everything was China's fault. The balloon! Oh my God, the balloon! The Chinese are hacking us. I saw all these stories. It just kind of caught me off guard a little bit. It shouldn't. I should never be surprised. We do go seeking monsters to destroy. Uh, but of course, the China stuff is heating up even more. Headlines on Drudge. One day, were China, quote, ready to fight. Rare carrier confrontation, showdown with the U.S. Navy. And I'm going to read you a little bit from this story. I always find these kind of interesting. Both a U.S. and a Chinese carrier strike group are operating near Taiwan as political tensions continue to simmer following a Taiwanese presidential meeting with, anyone, anyone, U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. And, and this is just another one of these. If, if they're not trying to provoke Russia by expanding NATO and uh, Lindsey Graham calling for the assassination of Vladimir Putin, then Kevin McCarthy is going to the other side of the, war, of the country to meet with Taiwanese president and or one of the representatives in California to further provoke the Chinese. On Monday, the Nimitz Carrier Strike Group was operating in the vicinity of Taiwan in the Philippine Sea, according to the USNI News Fleet and Marine Tracker. Now, the reason I bring this up, uh, USS Nimitz is also operating in the Philippine Sea following a series of exercises with Japanese and Koreans with extensive uh, exercise SANG 2023. This is what one of our, one of our people said, uh, We will not be deterred from operating safely and responsibly in the seasoned skies of the Western Pacific consistent with international law and in keeping with the Nimitz Carrier Strike Group and a Marine Amphibious Readiness Group continue to conduct routine operations in the Philippine Sea and will remain in the region. This was what Chris Meager, assistant to the Secretary of Defense for Public Affairs, told reporters on Monday. Basically, this is just saying, hey, look, we're going to be over there exercising, uh, making sure that we are doing exercises that make us prepare to fight a war against China. How dare they? How dare they bring their own ships out? I mean, this is just tit-for-tat stuff. Do I want to see Taiwan become a, a part of China? No, I don't. I really don't. The poor people of Taiwan, although about half the country wants to be with China. They don't tell you that on the news either, do they? The second largest political party in Taiwan is a pro-China party. They don't tell you that, do they? It, I kind of get the vibe they're trying to paint Taiwan much like they've painted Ukraine. You know, just a bunch of people just crying out for freedom and the Chinese are going to go come take them over. There are a lot of people in Taiwan crying out for freedom. and They've been able to enjoy it for quite some time. But there's a big part of that country, much like the big part of Ukraine that's Nazi, there's a big part of Taiwan that's communist. It's almost like they're not telling us the truth about these things. But I also wanted to get this, too. Donald Trump's new bestie, Sissy Graham, Lindsey Graham, uh, Trump, I'm sorry, but I, I'm just saying. Trump, is, he started his campaign with this guy. I, I played a clip last week of Sissy Graham almost coming to tears about the Trump indictment. 
was just, oh, he was just so. There's a reason these guys are good friends, and it concerns me. I'll put it that way. But here's what Sissy Graham said. The United States should aggressively train Taiwanese forces, quote, so they can fight like Ukrainians, unquote. Send F-16 jets to the island, install nuclear-tipped missiles in its submarines, and dispatch American troops to defend the nation. That is Senator Sissy Graham, a Republican from South Carolina, told Fox News on Sunday. Graham said that Congress needs to ask itself, quote, Should we have a defense agreement with the island of Taiwan? We don't, he said. Quote, but yes, I'd be very much open to using U.S. forces to defend Taiwan because it's in our national security interest to do so. Graham said he believes the Chinese Communist Party in Beijing is, quote, setting the stage possibly for a blockade of Taiwan. I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, Lindsey Graham, excuse me, Sissy Graham was all for the blockades that we did to Iran the blockades that uh, we did to uh, Iraq that killed 500,000 children during the 1990s, the blockades of Venezuela that cut them off from the world's uh, oil markets, we're pretty big on blockades. Is there, is there a, is, it feels kind of racist to me to not allow the Chinese to do one of the good old American blockades. But this is what was interesting. He went on to say, say this. He said, Graham cited Taiwan's role in producing microchips and the risk of the CCP, which is militarizing at a rapid rate, gaining, quote, a monopoly on the digital economy as a reason for defending the island. Taiwan makes more than 60% of the world's semiconductors and more than 90% of, its most, of the most advanced versions. I got to tell you, we spent $8 trillion in the Middle East and that was fighting against some ragtag people that were no fighter jets, no submarines, no ships. I can't imagine what a war with China would cost us, both financially and, of course, uh, when it comes to American lives. Seems like maybe it'd be a good idea to just build some factories here. Doesn't that seem easier to, to you and me? I think it seems to make sense. Just build some chip factories. Uh, Sissy Graham and John McCain were rumored to have had a love child. Well, actually, it was me. It was me that started that rumor. Uh, Marco Rubio always kind of pictured as Sissy Graham and John McCain spooned in the bed, then uh, little Marco Rubio would be sitting at the foot of the bed in one of his onesies, you know, with some of the footy pajamas, uh, watching wars on TV and eating popcorn or something, a Pop-Tart. That That's always kind of been my... My thought on the three of them, uh, Marco Rubio kind of being the love child of John McCain and Sissy Graham. Well, he, he said something the other day that I thought was almost kind of funny. He's very upset about these countries that are starting their own currency. Today, Brazil, in our hemisphere, largest country in the Western Hemisphere south of us, cut a trade deal with China. They're going to, from now on, do trade in their own currencies, get right around the dollar. They're creating a, a secondary economy in the world, totally independent of the United States. We won't have to talk about sanctions in five years because there'll be so many countries transacting in currencies other than the dollar that, that we won't have the ability to sanction them. As <laughs> oh, no. Now, what he doesn't tell you is, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the reasons that these countries are setting up a competing currency and turning their backs on the U.S. dollar is because we have used the U.S. dollar to sanction them, punish them, try to destroy their currencies, launch trade wars against them. 
the kinds of policies that Sissy Graham and his love child Marco Rubio have been pushing for decades now has led us to the point where the U.S. dollar is in great danger. And Marco Rubio just points to the fact that they're doing it, not why they're doing it, what prompted them to do it, not the provocation that started this whole thing. Instead, he looks at it and he says, we're not even be able to talk about U.S. sanctions. We're not even going to be able to sanction them anymore. <laughs> and, and believe me, 99% of American people will just listen to that and think that these people just woke up one day and decided to be mean to the U.S., we let them use our dollar all this time, and all of a sudden they all just woke up one day and decided that they didn't like our dollar, and now they're going to collapse the U.S. economy. This is quite simply not the case. I have a clip here. I'm running a little long on this segment. I'll go ahead and play it real quick, because even our friends, even our friends are turning their backs on us. I'm telling you, there are winds of change. The Japanese are even sick of our crap. Japan is distancing itself from the United States and the European Union and it's buying Russian oil above the 60 US dollar per barrel. Last December, the European Union and the United States agreed to set a limit on the price of Russian oil at $60 per barrel. This fact, still in force, is part of the retaliation against Moscow for the Ukrainian conflict, also agreed by the G7 countries, including Japan. So basically, a thick accent there, I know. Japan is now, the US and Western countries they capped the price that would be paid for a Russian barrel of oil. How would you like that? Imagine if you owned a restaurant and a couple of the other restaurants in town got together and said, we're capping the price you can charge for a hamburger at $3. Nobody can pay. Nobody can pay Mike's Diner more than $3 for a burger. And they were just waiting for me to go completely out of business because it's unsustainable for me to sell my burgers at three. This is what this, is what this gang in the Western countries, so belligerent with Russia, have done. Japan has pretty much now said, I'm there are winds of change coming. Japan just went, we need the oil. 65 is a good price. 70, we don't care. We're going to do what we're going to do with Russia. Japan is one of our staunchest allies. And even they are getting sick of us. Now, the winds of change are coming. I don't know where this leads. And anyone telling you that the dollar will die in two weeks or in June, everybody's speculating. I believe that it will happen. But there are also very smart people all over the place on this issue. And it, it, I don't know the timing of this, but it is quite apparent that the world is changing its focus. It is sick of the United States. It's a shame. And our primary goal should be to toss out this corrupt, corrupt government. Because the thing here is this dirty little secret here. We could turn this around really pretty quickly. With the right person in office, a real statesman in office that just declared an end to the American empire. We're bringing our troops home. We're not going to police the world. We're not going to run an empire. We're going to abandon our imperialism. We're going to start taking care of our own people. We're going to trade with anybody who wants to f trade with us, but we're not going to rule and boss everybody around. Now, a lot of you are listening to that thinking, oh, Mike, the world would just evolve into complete chaos if we don't have our leadership out there. Do you not hear these headlines I'm giving you now? The chaos is here now, and it's not in spite of our leadership. It's because of our air quotes here in the studio leadership. If we announced we were going to end the empire and our imperialism, we were going to start minding our own business, and we actually cut the size of our government and the spending, we could turn this around 
within a year, the whole world would see us in a different light. We just unfortunately don't have the people with the character to do such a thing. Be right back. A little bit of loneliness, a little bit of disregard, handful of complaints, but I can't help the fact that everyone can see these scars. What I want you to want, what I want you to feel, but it's like no matter what I do, I can't convince you to just believe this is real. So let go, I'm watching you, turn your back like you always do, face away and pretend that I'm not, but I'll be here because you're all that I got. I can't. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. Um, I wanted, I got to get to this story. Now, let me let me read a quote of the day first. This is from a Toby Rogers. He's a PhD. I didn't look up his credentials, but I like him just from this. Uh, Toby Rogers said this. He said, "Quote: They told us to fear the sun. That was a lie. They told us to fear fat. That was a lie. They told us to fear cholesterol." That was a lie. They told us sugar was fine. That was a lie. They told us vaccines are safe and effective. That was a lie. They told us SSRIs cure depression. That was a lie. They told us statins prevent strokes. That was a lie. The last 50 years of public health advice has been a constant stream of lies. And every bit of that is true. And I bring that up now because of the sad story this week of another shooter, uh, this time at a bank, looked like just a red-blooded American guy. He was a banker. He was a banker. I think I saw that he had been at, to the University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide at some point, but uh, uh, shot up a bank. So I think the last I saw was five were dead, nine more were wounded, another tragic scene. The guy had relayed, I think, to a friend that he was suicidal. And I don't even know if I commented much on the, the trans shooter in Nashville. Like I say, uh, two hours a week, I kind of pick and choose my stuff. If it's the biggest story out there, then I may leave it alone. It's going to be covered to death, so I don't have to worry about it. But I've got to tell you, I, I, I don't know what this guy's deal was. I do know that the, the trans shooter in Nashville obviously had some mental health issues. Uh, I believe that this guy was also under some level of care, but he proclaimed at least to be suicidal. Look to the drugs. And and this is starting, and when I say the drugs, I don't mean weed, I don't mean coke, I don't even mean heroin or Oxycontin, these SSRIs. Now, I don't know, you know, I've said it so many times before, I'm sorry to repeat myself, it usually takes me a few weeks and they do follow-up stories on these things. And in a couple of weeks, it'll come out. He was under the care of a doctor. He was diagnosed with bipolar, manic-depressive, uh, depression. And, and you just know the psychiatrist has got them. I mean, it's about a 95% chance this guy was on SSRIs, as was the trans shooter. And this is actually starting to get a lot of attention which is very encouraging, although the media and the Democrats will, of course, point only to the guns. I have seen at least two pretty widely circulated articles by reputable sources uh, about shooters and the SSRIs just since the Nashville shooting. And those are just ones I've run across, not even really searching for them. Every time I hear of one of these shootings, these kind of unprovoked public shootings, I'm not talking about gang violence, I'm talking about these kinds of events, the first thing that pops in my mind is I wonder what drugs they were on. 
And to me, this is an issue that should be hung around the necks of the medical establishment right along with the experimental shots. See, people see now how they experimented on us with the Operation Warped Speed shots. They see how they're experimenting on little kids with the hormone blockers and gender reassignment of kids who have no idea what they're doing, no idea the implication of those things. People see uh, that all of these experiments are going on today. And, and to a lot of people, particularly when it came to that vaccine, they're looking at it and going, oh my gosh, they released an untested, untried shot. And it didn't work. And it hurt a lot of people. And, and they think, how could you do such an experiment on the American people? A lot of people are seeing that for the first time. Let me explain something to you. They have been experimenting on us for decades decades. The SSRIs, now they admit, these are these antidepressive drugs, antidepressants, now they even admit it, that there's no diagnosable chemical imbalance in the brain. Now, I've been talking about that for six years. I've played clips from conferences with psychiatrists where they say, well, I mean, we, we can't document a chemical imbalance of the brain, but that's kind of what we're working on. So we give you a drug to change the chemistry of your brain to address a quote unquote chemical imbalance that they don't even know if it exists. They have been experimenting on all of us with GMOs since the 1990s. They've just been putting all of these herbicides and pesticides into our food, uh, and, and, and I guess I'll tell you real quick how that worked. Basically, when they were trying to get GMOs uh, approved and people started saying, well, you know, this glyphosate stuff, it kills plants. Is it not going to harm humans? And the scientists, air quotes here in the studio, the experts, they came out and said, well, no, because it kills this pathway in plants, this shikimate pathway. That's what kills the plants. But humans don't have that, so it won't hurt them. Well, as it turns out, our gut bacteria does have that shikimate pathway. And so this stuff is wrecking our guts, which also affects our, anyone, 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 mood. It actually affects our brains as well. They've been experimenting on you with statins. There's no provable correlation between high cholesterol and heart attacks. It's basically just a theory they went with, and now they sell billions of dollars of cholesterol drugs. These things have also got connections. When you rob your brain of cholesterol, which is its protective lining, your cells are crying out for cholesterol, but they've made it the boogeyman. And when it's these SSRIs with another couple of shootings under our belt over just the past couple of weeks, I am happy to see other people talking about this now. More and more people are talking about this now. I'm not a fan of social media, but this is one of those cases where I'm seeing it out there. I'm seeing it on Twitter. I'm seeing it on Substack. People have access to this information that the medical establishment and the mainstream media have been doing the bidding of the pharmaceutical companies and hiding this from you. Now, again, I don't know if this latest shooter was on it, but, but my point is they've been experimenting on us in all kinds of different ways. Hell, I think the phones and social media are an experiment, and as far as I'm concerned, both are failing. <laughs> I don't think we're being served by either of them. 
But these experiments have been going on for a long time. We'll follow up. I'll pay attention to these stories best I can. I'm working a lot these days, but I'll try to keep up with them and see if we can't add them into the 95% of people that have been on these mood-altering drugs that on their own labels say may cause you to want to commit suicide or harm other people. May cause you to disassociate uh, from everybody, and it's like you're playing a video game in your brain. You have no empathy, no sympathy. You, you're completely dissociated from reality. It says that on the labels of these drugs. It is time we start looking into these things in real seriousness. Be right back. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho, yeah. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho. All right, final segment for today. I've only got a few minutes. I'll talk about the new entrant to the to the Democrat side. RFK Jr. has announced he is running for president. I wanted to take a little bit of a look at him. Uh, he's been a real hero when it's come to COVID and to some other things. A lot of people, big fans. I certainly was a, was a fan or an admirer of his uncle, John F. Kennedy, and his dad, uh, Robert F. Kennedy. But I wanted to talk a little bit because he's got some good and some bad with him. Uh, but certainly, it would be fantastic to see him debating Joe Biden on the Democrat stage. So hopefully that'll take place. But I'll probably have to save that maybe for tomorrow, tomorrow's show, because I wanted to read you this. When I talk about them experimenting on us, one of the saddest, sickest, most depraved experiments going on right now is this idea of letting a four-year-old and his kindergarten teacher decide what his gender is. And I wanted to read this. This actually was a letter that was written into the No Agenda Show. It's a fantastic podcast, very entertaining, covers a lot of different subjects. Uh, it's one of my favorites. You might want to check it out. But they had a trans woman, I guess this is a guy that transitioned into a woman, uh, in their audience. But this is not somebody out there twerking in front of preschoolers. This is just somebody that has been this way for decades. They've lived their life. They've dealt with it in, in silence not forcing it in anybody's face. And because this, this No Agenda show is certainly no woke show. They take on the woke uh, world. And this trans person has been a fan of the show for a period of time. They wrote this letter in, and I've got a couple of excerpts from it to kind of tack on to what I'm saying about this experimentation on us. I want you to listen to this letter from a trans woman. Uh, it's a longer letter. This is just a, a snippet out of it. I am a medical cash cow. I have to get meds till death. There is a high probability that hormone treatments led to my multiple sclerosis, a study out of Boston, I believe. So thousands of dollars in MRIs, treatments, and doctor's appointments. Then throw in the eventual medical issues that will come with age for being on hormone treatment to my male anatomy. How about not being able to control your bladder much anymore? Always worrying about the accidents. Take it from an older person. There's a lot they don't tell these kids, and I have to deal with it from 24 till death. Sadly, they will have to deal with it from very early till death, and it's not going to be an easy road. Good luck and Godspeed to those. And she, this person is not alone in warning of what comes with, with these transitions. Severe mental problems, regret, but 
on top of that, the medical problems that come in life. This person has had to deal with it. Uh, now they have uh, MS. They believe a study out of Boston Im implicates the fact that the hormone treatments are what caused her multiple sclerosis. Along with all of the other treatments, incontinence, everything else. These are the things. These are the things that are being done now to our children. No informed consent on this stuff, I can guarantee you. These gender reassignment centers or whatever they are, this is a disaster. This is part of the great experiment. We have basically got a medical Mengele system set up in this country at this point. Uh, do not look to big pharma to fix you. Do not look to doctors to give you some kind of a happiness in your life to change you. These things are abject disasters. I just thought that was an incredibly sad letter. There's a lot of warnings going on right now. Uh, hopefully they will be heeded uh, before this gets any further out of hand. i got to believe there's probably a pendulum on this trans issue, and hopefully it's about to swing back and swing back hard. That's all the time I've got for today. Have a fantastic one, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Here comes the boys from the south. Here comes the